Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. Yeah, a packed show coming up over the next two and a half hours. Really looking to review, forward to reviewing all the action at Cheltenham. Yesterday, it looked a fantastic day. I regretted very much not being there myself. And as I say, Harry Fry will be in soon enough in particular to touch upon his victory in the last. But Chester Williams is the man to my right, first of all. Lovely to, to sit down and have a chat with you, Chester. I've seen you at the races a good bit this season. Uh, how's things? How are you? Yeah, getting back on track, I would say. It's like sort of the last... Oh, I had my injury in... September 22 and sort of the first year after that was obviously challenging and there are still sort of challenges I still struggle with my fatigue and things I just sort of need to make sure I sort of manage my days but no things are things have been are definitely getting there and um, I've been very lucky with all the support I've received and initially from the NHS and then the IGF and no, it's been, I've been very lucky. So the, the I don't know how specifics you want to go into injury-wise, um, but it was obviously a, a, a terrible incident you had at home, and was it was it fundamentally the, the head injury which posed most of the issues? Yeah, so I think, I mean, I had a, a sort of, my brain was damaged, like I had a, a brain damage to the left side of my brain, and um, and that's... Yeah, that was that was what it was. I mean, it was I was in hospital for six weeks or so. Yeah, I think about six weeks. And um, do you remember anything? Not really. I I, do, I remember the last week I was in hospital, but um, I but, don't but remember even before then. Uh, the I think you know, speaking to George Baker, of course, who had his injury and about what he remembers up to the point. Is there a sort of last thing you remember before the incident? I do. I do actually remember the day before very well. We had a, a jockeys meeting at Worcester, which we have biannually. I do remember all of that day perfectly, but <laughs> thankfully I don't remember anything of the day or mm. anything anything of the incident. So no, that's probably a good thing. What was what was put to you when you sort of came round? You know, re your your future, not just as a rider, but as somebody that was going to be able to walk and talk as you would want to. Um, I, can't, I can't really remember. I think I slowly, it sort of, it was a very slow process coming back around and it's sort of, I, I can describe it as sort of a drunken night out where you can remember sort of bits and bobs of tiny little things, but um, you know, you can't remember the full thing. But I sort of, I came back around sort of properly in the last sort of, the last few days I was in, in hospital and um, they sort of, everyone sort of said I would make a, a pretty much a full recovery. My therapist sort of said the fatigue that it was. I was in a stroke ward, and it was very similar to sort of the problem that problems that I have are very similar to having a stroke. And my physically, my right hand side has been the has been the difficulty, and that's where I struggle to have control. And I sort of it's it's, it's getting much better, mm. but it's it's sort of that's what is the issue. 
Talk to me about the fatigue then. It's, it's something you've, you've, you've mentioned a couple of times. It, it's, it, has it been the most life-limiting thing since the injury? I think so. I think I just have to be very careful. I just have to make sure. It's actually ideal working in racing because in the morning I'm, I'm basically perfectly okay and I just need to make sure that I have a, I have a sleep every, every day. I used to always like having a nap, so it's nice to have an excuse now. I have to have a nap and no one can, no one can say no. No one can say no. So, um, but I just, I just, it's just about managing it really. And I think every, like the therapist said, you know, the fatigue and people that have had strokes say the fatigue never really goes and. But it's, it's, it's only it's a tiny bit life-limiting, but barely. And is it improving? Is it, have, do, you, do you notice progress week on week, month on month? I wouldn't say massively with the fatigue. I, I don't know if the fatigue's improving. I think the, my overall, what I can do when I'm, not, the, when I'm going, that's mm. definitely improving. But I think no, that's, the fatigue will, will quite possibly always be there. But it's, 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 a fairly, it's a fairly small thing, and I could deal with it. When you learnt you weren't going to, to ride again, uh, and, and forgive me, do you, obviously not race ride, but you, you don't ride horses at home. I have, I have ridden a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would like to, I would like to get back to riding, and I, would, I, know I initially wanted to sort of race ride again, but I now know that I'd had a couple of concussions. I'd had quite a, well, quite a number of concussions before then, mm. before the big entry. So, I mean, clearly my head, <laughs> head doesn't take the, um, take the falls that come with racing very well. So, but I would like, I mean, the yard has so many young horses and that's what I really miss is, is riding the young horses and you know, experiencing that. And you know, we have all these good juveniles and things. And mm. that's what I really miss is because it's so enjoyable seeing the progression that they're making and feeling that. And that's why I, I would like to get back to be able to do that. I mean, we've heard a number of stories of, of riders who, you know, whose hand has been forced to retire, um, and there, there, some struggle more than others with that idea. How, how did you deal with that? The fact that you weren't going to be race riding anymore. I think I felt I dealt with it fairly okay. I mean, I've never been. I've never. I think one of the problems that people have with similar injuries is they get very frustrated about things and their inabilities to do things. And I never got. I just sort of accepted the fact that I was where I was. And I think it was on the when I was in hospital, um, I'd been in about five weeks, and my fiance she was she was pregnant at the time, and she went to. Uh, the due date was the 8th of October and our baby died. She had a placental abruption and our baby died on the 11th of October. And um, that, that sort of puts things into perspective, really, in terms of, in terms of my recovery and things. It, my injury seemed fairly ins insignificant in comparison to that. And I mean, I'm so sorry to, to hear that. I, I, you know, I... I cannot imagine what you and she must have gone through. Um, but at the same time, while you, you say that puts your injury into perspective, it, it must have meant that for both you and she, what you were already going through with your recovery, it, it must have made the mountain even, even harder to climb, no? I absolutely. I mean, I'm very lucky that you know, when our baby Archie died, you know, that is the worst thing that can happen to any mother. And I've been so lucky that Fliss has been, been able to help me in what the, the first year after my injury has, I have required lots of help and things. And, and she's been absolutely there for me at the hardest possible time for her. So mm. I've, been, I've been very fortunate that that, that has happened.
I'd just I, been there. And you were still in hospital when that happened? I was still in hospital, yeah. I was, I was wheeled into a, into a... I was in a ward and I was wheeled into a private room and at the time I didn't really think anything of it. I, I was barely... I was <laughs> barely coherent at the time. But then they informed me what had happened and... Um, that night and... Yeah, so... I mean, I, it sort of brought me back... In, it sort of helped me come back into... Like, something like that does help you come back into the real world slightly and... Um, mm. No, I sort of... I vaguely, I vaguely remember it, and um, but I know I, I wish I'd been able to. Over the last year, that's been the worst thing with my injury. Is I wish I'd been able to be more supportive of Fliss, which I haven't. I know I was sort of unable to be, but um, hopefully things are getting back on track slightly now. Right, full house in alongside Chester Williams still here. Uh, Harry Fry has joined us and Lee Mottershead has as well. Um, team Cheltenham as far as yesterday goes because uh, you, you were all there. I regrettably wasn't there. Um, it seemed like a fantastic day at, at Presbury Park for, for obvious reasons for you with, with Gidley Park, but just the whole atmosphere look, looked excellent. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a great day's racing. It's a trials day and uh, it's uh, teeing us all up for six weeks' time. Yeah, you um, wrote a, a, a lovely piece about it yesterday, Lee. About the well, the, the highs and lows were ever present, weren't they? As they often are in jump racing. Yeah, I think you know you, you will often get that at, at Cheltenham, that that mix of triumph and, and tragedy. And we we did have it there mm. yesterday, particularly for Jamie Snowden, yeah. who wins a valuable handicap chase with with Garlaw, and then 35 minutes sees that's all right, Gino suffer um, a fatal injury. So desperately tough for him, but that is sort of what you expect at, at Cheltenham, sadly. It's, that, it's such an intense cauldron. Mm. Um, it's the most emotional race course I think you, you, you could ever find. And, and yesterday was that sort of day. As a day as a whole, I think it was in many ways as good a trials day as I can remember. I think the day is, is helped significantly by having the old international Bula hurdle. Yeah on the card. This that, year that, that worked, didn't it? it re yeah, it absolutely works. It, it, the, the race made no sense in its previous position. You know, ha having uh, a champion hurdle trial two weeks after the fighting fit and two weeks before the Christmas hurdle yeah. made no sense. It might have done once upon a time when the, 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 the size of the two-mile hurdling crop was much bigger, but it doesn't make any sense now. The Haydock trial wasn't really working any longer in mid-Jan, so this is a much better place for that race. Hmm. Um, let, let's do, before we get stuck into the real meat of yesterday, let's just touch on, on Gidley Park. Uh, I said that we, you know, we were all sort of texting between us saying, I hope this wins. <laughs> <laughs> we had Paul Nichols in uh, uh, just before Christmas. Off the, I think we had to show about six of his horses finishing second. <laughs> I'm really sorry about this. But there we are. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, I mean, he had to knuckle down, didn't he? Is that the, that's the first time you've really had to find out what's under the bonnet. Uh, yes, for sure. I mean, it, it was, yeah, I think the overriding feeling was uh, relief. Um, but uh, as we said earlier, it's nice to have a horse to be relieved about. So, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, the race didn't go to plan. Um, there, there was a very steady, steady pace. And I mean, we, we were hoping to track Harry Cobden and uh, uh, his horse made a mistake at the second so we ended up jumping to the front and then Johnny just said we could never really get him back and they were I mean the other jockeys obviously weren't going to let him just have an easy time out in front and, and they kept him on and, and he's a big horse and he's learning still and yeah he had to, to do it the hard way um, plenty of things 
went wrong, but well, not that wrong, but just it, whereas previously he's everything has gone smoothly and he's won sort of effortlessly. Yesterday really had to Johnny had to wait. Uh, be patient. He said he couldn't just go for him from the top of the hill, and uh, or even earlier, and just let him bowl along because he'd have been a sitting duck. So he had to wait and turn into a bit of a sprint for home. But if he'd gone so sooner, he'd have been, he'd have been open. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to come back and, and knuckle down and, and battle with the runner-up. And uh, he showed, yeah, a good attitude under pressure to to get back and, and get his head in front. Chester, I'm going to put you on the spot with your trained eye, given that the trainer's sitting next to you. But what did you sort of make as the race, as a, as a key Cheltenham Festival Grade 1 trial and the winner? How, how useful does he look to you? Well, he looks very useful. I mean, he, I think the problem... I don't think the race really worked out for him yesterday. And he actually... It, well, I don't think it would do him any harm having, it, having that situation and having to get into a battle. I think it would let, he, like, he'd done everything quite easily up to, the, up to yesterday. And actually having a battle and having things... Not, Sort of overcoming adversity, I would say, and he still managed to win the Grade Two at Cheltenham. So he's obviously he's obviously a fair horse. Did you think you were beat here? Uh, I, yeah, I was. Did you? Uh, I, I, I just thought because I know. I mean, he is a, he's a galloper. <laughs> was a galloper. Yeah, yeah. He's and and when the. Uh, yeah, James Byrne came swooping round there, and you thought, oh, we've, we've been done for speed here. So, um, but it, no, look, he, he pinged the last, and and as you're saying, just, I mean, it's good. He's he's actually had to get down and knuckle, and and he will have learned. Uh, he'd have probably learned more in, in that, yesterday than he has done in his previous races, where he's won won easily. So, um, look, <laughs> you expect harder races. You're stepping up in grade. It is Charles Day after all. Um, and, and if all being well, we're back there in six weeks' time. It's going to be tougher again. So um, he, he has to know how to don't, don't you often, get down and knuckle. Yeah. Don't you often feel, though? I don't know. I, uh, now with the Cheltenham Festival, I feel like we've really got to the stage where, unless you win ten lengths, so your your race before the Cheltenham Festival, you're not going to go and win at the festival. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm a huge yeah. fan of the horse. Remember Altior in his early career? He only just came out on top from a from a skeleton horse. Um, you know, by 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 a very small margin. And look what he went on to do. There's no bad thing being tested, but I don't know whether Lee are perception of that race will carry through to seeing Gidley Park as a, as a, as a festival winner waiting to happen? Uh, well, I think some bookmakers lengthened his odds for the festival, but that's, that's really only because Gidley Park went into the race with yeah. such a tall reputation, having, having been so exciting, particularly at Newbury on his previous outing. But we, when we talk about horses going into the festival from, from Ireland, one of the arguments that has been made for Ireland's continuing growing success of the festival is that their novices are really tested on the way to the festival that they don't necessarily have easy races so it, so in that sense i don't think we can complain if a horse has been a little bit battle hardened on his way to march mm. um just just finally on him if we can work backwards what what where will you be when he's a, a, a year, two years older horse you, you, do you see him as a chaser oh, a future chaser yeah. and, and over what distance well, I think, I mean, he, yeah, absolutely, a, a he's a chaser in the making and, and I think over further, for sure. Okay. Um, so staying three, chaser? Staying chaser, okay. absolutely. So, I mean, that, that's ultimately, yeah, that's what his, his family is. And, and the, I mean, you see the size and scope of him. He's, it's all about, um, yeah, getting, getting to that point where we can go over the bigger obstacles. Will it be the intermediate trip, though, at Cheltenham? Well, after yesterday, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think because yeah, winners of that, you know, yeah. normally it's, it can be run on very deep ground that yeah. that that race, yeah. and winners often do go on to to, to turn into Albert Bartler horses. Yeah. There's been a history of horses beaten in that have come back and gone very well in in, in the race over that distance. 
But you, uh, are you leaning towards a, a three-mile contest? Uh, I'm not leaning one way or the other at okay. the minute after yesterday. That's <laughs> why I said to the first customer, to Johnny, when he got off, he said, but we don't have to make the decision right now. And, um, yeah, we can reflect and, and on, on the race. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get a steadily run barring Bingham. Um, that just doesn't happen at the festival. So, um, but obviously, as you say, I mean, I think, Winners of yesterday's race have gone on to win the Albert Bartlett, but I'm not sure necessarily. They, I think I'm right saying they haven't won the the, inter, uh, the barring of Bingham having won that race. So, um, I mean, Janworth, for example, he finished runner runner up, yeah. didn't he? But um, uh, so I don't. Look, it's a nice nice dilemma, nice decision to have to make, and obviously we'll ground etc. will play a part. But yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, yeah. It, I said to, afterwards, it sort of <laughs> left more, possibly more answers than, uh, so asked more questions than, than answers, but um, in terms of what trip, but that's part of the fun and the excitement of it. And it's, it's going to live that dream for the next six weeks and, and working out which, which is the right race to run him in. I touch on uh, Love Envoy. Do you call it Love Envoy or Love, love Envoy? Uh, love Envoy, but okay. that's probably... I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, I always go Envoy, and I don't, it's probably completely wrong. There we are. No, um, no, no. Are I, you, yeah, you, I think you, the French would definitely... Uh, <laughs> I think they probably would. Yeah. Were you happy with the run? Uh, yes, uh, because she was sharper, uh, she jumped, she travelled. Um, uh, we were expecting it to, to step forward and look, look much more sort of match-ready uh, than, than when we saw at Sandown. And, um, she did all of that, and obviously, I mean, two miles is is, is not her her trip. Um, she is better over further and, and on slower ground. But I mean, clearly, I mean, not, we're no match for for the winner who looks exceptional. Um, if only the winner was carrying eleven three. Yeah, sure. Twelve three would have made a difference. But anyway, were you surprised um, at that? Though? As in, oh, so. Do you feel your filly ran to her, her best ability or not? Yeah, I think on the day she did, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, we can, all we can do is, is hope that the connections of the winner have a, a rethink and the champion yeah. hurdle does look more Unfortunately, for that but, to happen, yeah. something's going to have to happen to Constitution Hill. So as a purist racing fan, I hope that doesn't happen, but there we are. Um, uh, but so, so she, she'll go to the mayor's hurdle and, and, and try again and go one better than last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, she, she ran Honeysuckle, um, you know, great race in defeat behind her last year. So, uh, yeah, look, we've got to go there. They've all got to get there. They've all got to jump, jump round. I mean, we saw yesterday, I mean, obviously, John Mont, no one would have thought he'd have got beat mm -hmm. odds on. So, um, it's a horse race any given day, anything can happen. So, we'll be going there and have a in, in top form as we can and, and hope that, uh, yeah, the, the extra distance and, and possibly slower ground might just. Uh, put things more <laughs> in our favour, but they'll have to come significantly. Obviously, there'll have to be a big turnaround after what we saw yesterday, but look, we've got to get there, and, and so she, they, they all have. Uh, we, we're going to come, come back to that race, just, just while we have you here and, and talk about your horses in particular. Where, where, where do you feel you are now as a, as a yard, as a sort of depth of, of quality-wise? Well, we've got, I mean... It, we haven't got as many horses as, as we've we've done in the past, but uh, we're lucky to have some really uh, lovely individuals, whether that's, that's young horses uh, like Gidley Parks coming through, um, or, or we've got some more established horses with Love Envoy and, and Boot Hills. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've always set out to sort of try and train better horses, uh, sort of quality horses, rather than having lots of numbers. Um, that's always been our, our sort of 
ethos. But uh, so, yeah, we'd, I mean, we'd always like to have a few more, uh, that's for sure, But because there is obviously safety in numbers and, and uh, the more poten you've got the potential for, for unearthing uh, more stars in the making. So, um, but yeah, look, what we have got, we, we've got some very nice young horses uh, for sure. You absolutely might challenge this. I feel that, that perception-wise of, 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 of your yard's path um, would be that you obviously had some, some notable standouts early on. Um, I guess then off the back of the sad loss of Neon Wolf, maybe you, there, were, there were some tougher times, some unlucky stages, yeah. and now the, the likes of um, you know, Love Envoir and, and, and Gidley Parker are just turning things up again. Uh, you may feel that's not accurate at all, I, I don't know, but did you, did you sort of revisit an approach? Did you have to go through some, some tougher, almost sort of more hard luck times, do you feel? Uh, yeah, but I mean, everyone's after the good horses. That's what we're all in this game for. And, and they don't just come around like that. Um, uh, but so, so, yeah, you do. You have to sort of ride, ride your luck a bit. And, yeah, we were... I, I mean, Neil Wolfe, I mean, I still... I'm not sure really over that now. I mean, it just... Mm. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, it just... We talked about the ups and downs of racing and, and for Jamie Stone and his team yesterday. And, and just, I mean, it is... You never. I mean, we're in this. It's, it's, a, fa it's a fantastic sport, and and we, we're all passionate about the horses that we're lucky to work with. Um, but it never, it never gets any easier. And mm. and and when when the worst does happen, and um, especially when you lose horses of, of that quality, it's so. Yeah, they they hit you hard, and and you have to sort of pick yourself up and 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 move forward and and push the whole team forward and. Um, everyone around you and, 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 and then hope the owners keep coming back and, and, and backing you. Um, mm. That's what it comes down to. Um, so, yeah, no, we, I mean, yeah, it has. We've been through very much sort of transitions sort of quieter years, but it's, it's about trying to unearth and find those, those horses to run on, on days like yesterday that hopefully are going to take us to, to the festival and, and such in, in the spring. Uh, I remember Neon Wolf. Um as such a, a huge talent, and I guess Lee for for a yard when you you know you lose a horse, such a high profile horse, a horse that I guess is going to you know really really push you forward for the next few seasons. Um, not that any yard, however big or small, using losing a horse like that is is never going to be any easier because you have others like it. But it, it, it is all the more harder, I'm sure, for it for a, a a yard when they are sort of the the the, the star of the show, if you like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, for any number of reasons, but but one being that for a a yard that's not as big as a a, a Sutton or or a, or a Ditchit, you don't have that many chances to have a calling card, to have a horse to take to the races on a Saturday in a big race with a great chance of of winning that race. And when you lose a horse like that, you don't only just lose a very good horse. Mm you lose that great calling card. You lose that great chance to tell the world, I'm a really good trainer, and this is evidence of that. Um, w with Love Envoie, I'm going to call her Love Envoie and Love Envoie between, I'm going to flip it off. <laughs> Has it been sort of a, a little bit more special, if you like, because of the Noel connection and the fact that you're doing it with him? Uh, d yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, no. Yeah, I mean, we saw Noel there on on Neil oh. Wolf, and he he rode when we started out. Um, all all our all of our horses really, um, and and our big, best days, biggest days were with him in the saddle. So uh, to go and go and have that 
festival success um, to uh, almost two years ago. Uh, his in his colours was was fantastic, and and she's taken us on a wonderful journey as well. And and with the syndicates, I think they're becoming more and more evident, and 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 it's important to be able to to sell that um, for the sport. And and yes, you you've got your, your your big players, and and they're they hopefully always going to have the success they deserve to have the success they're putting into into the with what they yeah they invest in the sport but it's still it's not to say it's out of reach um of uh, smaller budgets and and the syndicates are a great way of doing that and so uh noel and and dave cross have really uh, done well with their their syndicates so yeah there is that yeah, they seem to have got something right haven't they i don't know what it, i don't know what it is and i, I think when a high-profile rider steps down, you immediately think, well, TV or train? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you going to do? And then, they, you know, when Noel approached us setting up a syndicate, it, it, it wasn't necessarily an obvious way that I don't know if many previous riders had, had done it. But he and Dave seemed to have struck a nice balance, I think, anyway. Um, they seem to be fundamentally sourcing good horses helps and also giving the, the, the experience to their, to their customers. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it's about, giving that experience, as you say, and, and hoping to come across a love envoy who, who wasn't overly expensive at the sales and um, they were able to take a chance on her. And, and I remember when she first came to us, and I, I don't think, I think they'll tell you, I wasn't particularly positive about her until she ran. Um, and, and she just kept surprising us with what she did on the track. So, and, that, and that's part of the fun, the excitement is that, that journey. Um, that they take you on and you don't know where, where you might end up. So, um, and, that, and that's what it's all about. Is Giddy Park a good workhorse? Uh, he does, yeah, he, he, he does go well at home. Um, but there's, uh, I mean, you never know for sure until they run. Mm. Um, I remember t when he went to Chepstow for his debut, we'd been uh, waiting to run him uh, sort of all sort of January, February, and the ground was testing, then it was dried out and um, ended up going to Chepstow. We wanted to go for a galloping track, and I thought, well, we probably pick the strongest bumper um, of, of, uh, of that stage of the season uh, outside of somewhere like Cheltenham. But um, and we thought, well, if we go and finish fourth, the horses that are, that were in there, uh, we'd be delighted. So when he came through and 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 sort of one going away, and Johnny couldn't pull him up, you just uh, yeah, it's sort of that that wow, that sort of okay, that delivered on that promise that he's shown at home. But they don't all go and do that on the track, mm. so. Until they do go and do it, um, yeah, you can't rest on your laurels, that's for sure. Well, he's a he's a, a live um, Cheltenham Festival candidate, obviously off the back of that win yesterday. Another high-profile win yesterday came in the form of Elixir de Nuts in the uh, rearranged Clarence House Chase. Let her again uh, rearranged and, and run at Cheltenham this year, and uh, a bit of a surprise again. We have one last year, we have one again this year. A trainer Joe Tizard joins me now. Uh, Joe, well done. That was obviously a well. Look, it was a, a hugely emotional day first and foremost for for the whole team that came across yesterday how how are you feeling the morning after good morning tom um i feel, feel fine really excited about what what we achieved yesterday um if you said to me at the beginning of the season did i have a great one also i didn't think i did to be honest mm. um so so to go and win a grade one and in my first grade one and freddie's first grade one as well was just, um you know, it's a nice, a nice surprise, but, um, you know, with John Bond, you've got to jump to win. He made a hell of a mistake, and I still thought I would have been happy with being second to him between the last two. Mm. Was there a point before four out where you thought, 
you know, th th we're going all right here. We're jumping well. John Bond's not looking foot perfect. I mean, at any point before that, did you think we might go and win this? Or did you genuinely think it was a, a nigh on impossible task? Well, I'm, I'm happy watching my horse through and race. And Yeah, we do. We, we've just seen um, the line isn't isn't absolutely perfect, not as foot perfect as your horse was yesterday, anyway. But I, I do want to just ask you about the young man in the saddle. I guess you're teaching him everything you know, right? Great stuff. Well done to, to you, Freddie, and the, and the whole team. Delighted for you. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Tom. Thank you. Does working with Paul Nichols make a man of you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know where you stand. So. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, it was, a, like anything can happen in racing, it wasn't expected. Of course it wasn't, Chester, but uh, it was a great story. And... He did have to. He did have to battle back. He, you know, it wasn't like he, he got uneasy and, and and then just kicked on from John Bond when he made the mistake. He had, the, the horse had to show heart and had to battle back to get in front. He absolutely did, and actually, I mean, everyone will go and sort of talk about how John Bond he made the mistake. But Lixid's nuts has improved so much, and he's ten years old. It's, he's had a remarkable season. He was on the go at I think three in France, and and the fact and his credit to the Cesar team to get him to that level. He's he's run a, probably a career best as, as a ten year old, which anyone that deals with horses knows that's not easy. What they've done with him this year, and um, absolute credit to them. To and Freddie gave him a perfect ride. He jumped well, and he's no, he's gone from strength. I think it shows a lot about mentality when they get on the roll and they get winning. He just looked like a confident horse yesterday. The way he went through the race, he just looked very happy the whole way. Mm. I'm going to give you a chance to, to get the Henderson team revved at home, Lee, by saying, where are John Bond's Queen Mother hopes? They're not as good as they were on Saturday morning. Um, it was a very strange performance from John Bond. I, I, I don't think he was as impressive as we would have liked in the Tingle Creek. I don't think that was um, a particularly exhilarating performance. But even so... We know that John Bonney is a horse that can throw in a, an occasional below-par effort. Remember, he won the Kingmaker last season. At one point, he looked in trouble in a two-horse race. But um, one thing that he has generally been very good at is jumping. Um, 
And I don't think he was yesterday, even taking out that, that fourth last fence where he did very well to, to, to stay up. If you look going down the back straight um, at the first ditch and the fence that followed, he, he wasn't good at those. At some fences, he took them almost like puissance walls. He had a very strange action over some of the fences. Um, and he probably would have won the final the race had he not stuttered into the final fence. So it, it was a disappointing jumping round from, from start to finish, really, from John Bon. Um, he's ended up having a hard race in defeat, too. Um, now, with him, that might not be such a big deal. Nicky Henderson has made clear all along that he's a different sort of beast to Constitution Hill, and he was very keen to run him. Um, but certainly, if you're, if you're Willie Mullins, Simon Muneer, or Isaac Swade, or Paul Townend, you wouldn't have watched that race yesterday and gone away from it any more afraid going into the champion chase. John Bond might well bounce back, but he needs to. Mm. The, the Cleave was, was just an excellent race. It was just, just phenomenal. These, these I, I'm going to call them old boy stairs, which sounds disparaging. Are. I don't they mean are. to be, but they kind of are. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've served up a couple of absolute crackers so far this year. Harry, this was, this was another one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got, and, that, and that's what we love about jump racing, isn't it? That um, <clears throat> these horses keep coming round and they keep running with their hearts on the sleeve. And I mean, you've got to feel for Emma Lavelle and her team, Paisley Park. I mean, yes, another yeah. fantastic run in it. Missing out in a, in, a, in a yeah very narrow finish, but um, well, what does this tell us about Paisley Park? Like he, it is all still there, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, he's credit to them. I mean, you're talking about they sort of meet Tony. I mean, his Paisley Park still going. Um, what was it? I mean, was this how many times he won the Cleave prior to the uh, three, three going yeah, for a four time, four, wasn't it? So, I mean, he's here. Go, yeah. Um, and you think, well, actually, watch from from this point. Would he finish second, beating the net? But then that's pays, isn't it? It sort of um, keeps a bit back, but uh, for, for when it bats. So, yeah, fantastic run, and and yeah, but obviously, yeah, nobody eats. I mean, it just shows the stairs of division is mm. is there. It's, I mean, whereas some of the other races, you've got some really short price sources um, for, the, for the stairs. It, it's could be anything could happen in it. Yeah, There's you wouldn't, number wouldn't, of horses. wouldn't have thought at the start of the season that Noble Yates and Monkfish would be two of the more likely candidates yeah. for a, for a stayers yeah. hurdle. I think it's quite nicely for the national as well itself that it sort of feels like we're behind the days of national winners never winning another race. We've got a we've yeah. got a live grade future grade one winner here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Noble Yates ran a big race. Corrett Rambler would have a I think he's got proper each way shot in, in the Gold Cup as well this season. So yeah, good for the national. Um, ah, this and this 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 was heartbreaking. In fact, they were the, Emma Lavelle's first race, so Tom Bellamy. She saw him come back in. This is heart, she's just heartbreaking. Um, he's a fantastic horse. I mean, to three runs this season, beating a head twice, short head in the other one. Um, he really uh, embodies so much of what's great about jump racing and why jump racing is popular uh, with people. Um, going around the, the winner's enclosure afterwards, and with, there was no disrespect to, to, to Noble Yates, but there were three times as many people on the steppings around Paisley Park than there were around Noble Yates. Yeah. He's got a real fan club. Um, again, that was a race that wasn't really run to suit him. They didn't go much of a gallop. He'd be much better off in an end-to-end -end, uh, end -end gallop when he, when he can really bring his, his turbocharged finish uh, into use. It was a bit of a funny race though too as well, and that strong leader looked beaten jumping the second last flight. He's ended up finishing off well and getting um, getting into the into the money. So I, I'm not sure it was a, 
a particularly strong cleave hurdle. And again, if you're Gordon Elliott or Rob Corr, um, and you've got Chupu, Irish Point, you're probably not any more afraid than you were going into it, but it's it's marvellous that Paisley Park will go into the status hurdle as a, a legitimate challenger. Well, we might say the same about the, those principles in the, in the Gold Cup market as far as the Cotswold Chase went as a as a Gold Cup trial. I, you know, I, I don't know whether it, we're, we're going to see a subsequent Gold Cup winner necessarily. It was obviously marred by the loss of that's all right, Gino, which was a huge shame. Um, what did you make of the winner, Chester? Well, he's he's conf he, no, he ran the blind the last time in the. Um, in Ireland as a leopard stand when he was third to gallop in the shop and he's backed that up today I think it was a really good race and um, I think racing sort of promotes that these sort of grade two races this is a, there are five horses in contention turning in it's not a great race there's not a great bond winner in it but it was a proper grade two and that was the same as the cleave hurdle and actually it was a really they're both really good races and sort of race people moan if there's not a grade one horse in the race but then and then they sort of moan the race is not competitive enough when there is a really good horse, there are only so many good horses around. So actually, and this this was a, just a really good race. I mean, I, I think that you know, the winner deserves his chance to have a go in the Gold Cup now. And it was um, and stay away, Faye. I don't think he did his chance to challenge any harm. I'd... Yeah, interesting that I mean, you know, a sort of Paul Nichols move to run a novice in it. He mentioned he's done it a few times. I think. Do, do you mark up that horse's performance, Harry, or not necessarily? Uh, well, yeah, I think you have to, yeah, uh, as a novice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's he's gone around there, he's got the Cheltenham experience, and um, I, I don't think, I mean, obviously Paul would have loved to have won the race, there's no doubt about that, but I don't think he'll have come away thinking he's got any lesser chance with, with him in, in March than he, he did beforehand. So um, I'd be thinking he'd be taking plenty of positives from the race for sure. next guest is in next to me that is Dane O'Neill Dane great to see you great to catch up it's been it's been too long because normally I'd have seen you a good bit out in Dubai this time of year but we, we've missed you yeah I've certainly missed Dubai um I can say I've uh, warmed to the uh, the British weather here but uh I'm here nonetheless so yeah because normally your your I mean your year was was pretty set wasn't it it was summer over here um, bit of international travel here and there, and then from the start of the what well, the autumn slash winter, you were just out there, weren't you? For what for six seven, six months a year, five six months a year? Yeah, five five and a half months. Yeah, yeah I was um, I was over there by sort of mid October, uh, early November at the latest, uh, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much for a long time because it's. Uh, it was great no matter what the English season brought. It was yeah. a fresh start over there. And last couple of years there, you know, you had three Group One winners. You, you know, you you were given some fantastic opportunities, as opposed to fulfilling your role as, as a second rider to the team, you were, you were you know, thrust into the limelight and you really took that opportunity with some great success. Yeah, it was, um, it was, very, uh, it was very good of Sheikha Hissa to offer me the, the first job over there. Um, and I rode all the Dubai-based horses. Of course, when Jim would come over, um, he would ride any of the UK runners that were brought over for the festival. But... Uh, no, we had some. We've you know we've had some good success there in the past, and as I said, uh, I'm missing it now. So mm. hopefully we'll get back, but uh, we'll see how it goes. So so go on. Where are you? What what what? So we are. Goodness, my maths is terrible. What was so seven months on from from the accident? So where are yeah. you? Um, I'm still a little bit in limbo at the moment. Uh, not healing as well as I'd hoped. Uh, it's it's going very slowly. There is progress, but not not anywhere near where you would be safe enough to, uh, to resume race riding. Um, what, what, what were the specifics of the injury? Uh, it was a T6 fracture. 
Um, they put two plates uh, and four screws um, and a side order of uh, six, seven ribs broken as well. So it wasn't very comfortable for a while. No. Um, they had to uh, stabilise the fracture with uh, the two plates, as I said, and they went in at the T4 down to the T8 um, to stabilise it. And uh, yeah, we're just not progressing as quick or anywhere near we need to be. Did, did When it happened, did you fear the worst? Did you think I'll be all right, but will, will I, <coughs> you know, I might not get back to race riding? Or did you think, you know, a couple of months I'll be back? Um, I knew it was bad. Um, when I hit the ground, it, it felt a little bit different than before. Um, I, could feel the, I could feel the damage I'd done. Um, and also, I think, you know, I, I could feel my arms and my legs, which, you know, was, was obviously a bit of relief, but I, I knew it was going to be a, a longer road back this time. Mm. Do you feel unlucky or lucky? Um, I'd have said unlucky for a long time. But I think uh, in light of things, I think you have to be thankful for uh, where you are. And uh, I'm on the road to recovery. Um, I've got the support of family and friends. So, yeah, um, I'm lucky. How, how have you found the, the time on the sidelines? It, you know, for somebody that's been riding at the top level for, for, for as long as you have, um, you know, over 20 years, how, how, how is not riding? Is it, is it, is it as, as difficult as I can, I can imagine it is? Or have you found that you've... Ad ad adapted to it quite well because you knew it wasn't going to be an immediate comeback? No, um, I'm not a good patient. I found that much out. Uh, it's been difficult. Um, I've come to terms with it, but obviously it's a, it's a very different process than what I've, I've gone through before. Um, I'd have said before I'd have taken it on the chin and I'd be a lot more understanding of it, but it's been frustrating. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there and it's, mm. it's becoming easier and, and I've accepted it now, which is a big part of it. So, so what, if you're going to come back, um, have you got a time frame as to when you, you, know, you need to be, for you, you think, I need to be back by this time or I'm not going to try and come back? Or are you going to always keep the door open, if you know what I mean? No, there's going to be another scan in, uh, in about three months' time. Um, and it's kind of a make or break decision then because we need to know where we're going with this injury. Um, there's no guarantees it, it will ever heal to uh, to anywhere where we need to be, need to be back to race riding. So um, I think three months is the is the ceiling on it. So you have the scan and then you'll you'll basically know where you are. Uh, we'll know then if it's if it's making the recovery in the time we've allowed it. Definitely. Have you have you been on horseback since? Can no, you? I haven't right. been. No, okay. no. So it's not like you can sort of go and get a feel and then the scan confirms. No, I think due to the the nature of the injury, um, you know, I'm better off letting the body heal and. Uh, as I said, because of the nature of it, it it's got to be fully healed to be back. Mm. I, I, so I, I'm conscious <laughs> of going, you know, I was looking back at your at your career and like I'm conscious of not doing a Dane O'Neill career because you haven't retired. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. But, I, I, but I don't want it to turn into a this is your life story exactly, on Sunday morning, but it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind right. of in no man's land, but um, realistically, it's, it's not going as we planned. Yeah. Um, that's it, really. That's the nuts and bolts of it. And, and when you do look back on, on what you've achieved, what, what, you know, how, how do you sort of feel about the career so far? Um, has, has, did it, has it surpassed what you wanted to achieve when you set out? Uh, it, it has in many ways, but there's, there's always that part of you that's greedy for a little bit more or, or yearns to do a little bit more. Um, I'm still ambitious and hungry and I still, still want to ride. Um, whether that happens or not, we don't know, but, mm. you know, 
it's uh, what will be will be. We're, we're looking forward to the future. It must be really frustrating, given. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you know, you you have some comfort in the fact that you know you 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 had one of your your best seasons the last couple of years with the with the three top level wins out in Dubai. But maybe it's frustrating because you think you know the the, the <coughs> success you were having, and then one incident so so sudden that you have to then you know deal with with not riding for such a long time. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing to uh, to analyse because um, do you know that the consultant said to me, he said this kind of accident, he said it it could happen next time, it could have happened before now. We we don't really know. Um, that's the uncertainty of it. Um, and the past successes and and things had been going well leading up to the accident. It, it just shows the nature of the sport, doesn't it? I mean, it, these things can happen at any given time. Yeah, and to anyone. And it, and, it, and it's it, um, it, well, it seems it's it's luck of the draw. You can you can be in whatever position you are in a race. You can be just out the stalls. It be any point, and and all of a sudden, things change very dramatically. I guess I don't know whether it has been more high profile on the flat recently, or whether it's always been the case. But it is. You know, it's strange to have. Two jumps guys in here. We've had here. We, we've got a jumps owner coming in. It's very much jump season, but by and large, it does feel as though the for all their fewer and further between the falls, obviously, and the injuries on the flat. When they do happen, the the the, the starkness of, and the seriousness of them is 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 pretty. Well, it's there for everyone to see. Yes, um, you know they've just been they've just been horrible accidents, haven't they? Mm. Um, they're they're always lurking in the background, but never really happen and. We just had a bad run of them, but uh, like I said, it's it's a sport we're in. I'm afraid, and and the old phrase, an ambulance follows you around for a reason, mm. just highlights that. It, injuries you've had in your career. I mean, obviously, this is the worst of them. But were you, were you, were you pretty lucky, injury-wise, throughout the career? I was, you know, for a long time, um, nearly 30 years of riding now. So you know, it's quite a body of work there. But you know, a collarbone, a couple of fractures here and there. It's it's not an awful lot. I mean, I think what I what I amassed injuries-wise in my career, I mean, some jump jockeys would get probably yeah. in a, a probably in a couple of seasons, not even a handful of seasons. Um, mm. So yeah, I have been lucky. Um, as I said, it's it's just one of those things. Well, here he is, Andy Edwards, alongside in the studio. Um, great to see you. Great to meet you properly. I've I've seen you on the race course a, a good bit when Lon Presse has been running, but but good to meet you in, in person finally. And I feel like. The emotional interview you did yeah. recently got everyone to know you a little bit more. Yeah, hopefully. Obviously, it wasn't intentional. And, um, but that's me. That's uh, where my heart on my sleeve and never been frightened to show my emotions. Always been my proudest achievement is that I have the ability to cry when I want to <laughs> and when I need to. And there was a lot of... Um, 13 months of... a lot of emotions and it... Uh, it all came out, and um, I wasn't the only one crying. That's what, what the camera didn't show outside of the winner's enclosure. There was a lot of other people crying as well. So, yeah, it was a big moment. There is something about a horse race and a, and a horse that you know and love winning. Um, and for anyone that's experienced it, it's... I don't, I don't know what it's like when you when you win at other sports. Maybe it's the same feeling, I, I don't know. But there is something about that moment when your horse and your, I know how much love you have for your horses, when they when they cross the line, it's, uh, and not just come back safe, but when they've won and they've done you proud, it is a huge release of emotion. Yeah, and I don't think it's a, just about winning. It's all the build up to them 
being the best they can be. I think that's where the, I get the emotion from, is everything that everybody's done to get them to that point. And they may have come fifth or sixth, but it was a personal best for them. Mm. So that is winning in itself, and that's where the emotion comes from. And I was, with me, I've had the horses from a young age, from a long time. Um, you know, I bought Lon Presley with an injury and, and other horses in a similar fashion. What made you do that? Um, and nothing made me do it. I was looking specifically for a, for a horse. This came up, Felix de Giles, um, through Robert Wolford, um, contacted us and um, just immediately, as soon as I saw the horse, it was a, a yes. And, so uh, you saw the horse in the flesh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so at that point, were you living in France when you bought the horse? Or yes, yeah. I was living in France, um, down in southwest France. Um, I jumped on the fast train up to Paris and got out to Normandy and went to this very lonely yard. It was a big yard and he was the only horse in the yard. And there was one girl looking after him and he hadn't been out the box for two months. Because of the injury? Because of, it, yeah. because of his leg injury. And uh, she's a tiny little French girl. She was lovely. And I said, can you get him out for me? And she went, no, no, no. <laughs> and she was literally hanging off him. It was quite funny. But, yeah, made a connection immediately. And it was like, right, let's get him on the box and get him home. It's quite a risk. But it's paid off. Yeah, someone asked me, and I don't know if you're going to... It's one of your questions, but someone asked me, you know, was he expensive? trying to find out how much I paid, paid for him. And I said, well, at the time, everyone thought I was mad. And it, he was ridiculously expensive at the time, given that he'd had a leg injury. Mm. Um, what did you pay for him? No chance. <laughs> Damn. Right? So, um, yeah, he was ridiculously expensive at the time. Now, he yeah. was ridiculously cheap. And that's all I can tell you. I need to tell you, because... You know, you take, we all take risks in, in life, or some more than others. And but, but what was it? Was it the horse, or was it, you know, the people that were advising you about the horse, or was it just that moment that you met him? The moment. I saw him, I saw the videos of Fontainebleau, and I liked what I saw. And then when I saw him in the yard, I just thought, how did they even get this four-year-old? to the race course. He was a big gangly mm. frame. And I thought, if he can do that, what he's already achieved, nothing spectacular. Um, I felt that, that he could be quite good. And if I gave him the, the time and the care that um, to be the best that he can be, this could be something very special. On the other side of it, there was a, a very immediate connection that he was supposed to be with me, which a lot of people might find weird, but um, a lot of people who know me know exactly what I mean by that. Which is big for you, having it's that... Everything. It's an emotional connection with the horse. Yeah, it is an emotional connection. I was talking to Dane earlier before um, he came on air about the, the, the importance of the mental and emotional aspect um, with horses and with any athlete. You know, with him and 
whether it's a footballer or a rugby player, that emotional connection between another being helps them so much in their life, but also helps me mm. or us. So horses have, I mean, it sounds <coughs> like then horses have been a big, big, not just a big part of your life, but a huge help to you over your life. Yeah, I mean, my mum and dad had um, horses with Philip Mitchell at Epsom in the 80s. And, um, you know, so I was always around racehorses, but we never had horses at home, anything like that. I rode as a, a child, um, my mate at primary school, his mum and dad had a farm. We used to mess around on the horses after school, but nothing formal or did anything like that. But I've always been very comfortable around animals, uh, dogs, and any, any sort of animals. And uh, it's just, it's developed over the years, that, that bond and that connection through animals. And when you finally get that bond and connection, it's really quite amazing. So I'm sure you're listening earlier when we were talking about the the, the um, Coolwell construction situation and the, and the Browns yeah. and their young family and they're stepping away from the sport for for the, the pain of, of losing horses and, and with their with their young family. I mean, you, you've yeah, you've been you might be lucky with some horses or you you know you've got some good horses, but you've had a run of of, of, of seriously bad luck. How, how have you yeah. sort of? kept faith in the game. How, why didn't you go, I have such a connection with my horses, I love them so much, I can't, I can't do this? For 20 odd years, I've always said to people, keep the faith. Mm. Everything that's happened in, in life, I've always said, keep the faith. And when it's happened recently on November the 13th, just before Christmas, um, I lost three in the same day, one fatally and two career-ending injuries. And it was really hard to pick myself up off the floor. And I, one of the things was, well, I've got to take my own medicine. You know, I keep telling everyone else to keep the faith. I need to keep it myself. But when I saw in the papers about the Caldwell uh, thing uh, this week, I immediately got it because... I lost my first homebred on November the 13th and I had to make the decision to um, not keep her alive. Um, it was the right thing to do, I, I, you know, I haven't done the wrong thing and everyone that was there and helping, you know, it had to, had to be done. But I howled like a banshee for an hour. Um, it really, really hurts. So. They've lost two in a fortnight, I believe, and one just before Christmas. And it can really get to you. And um, the week afterwards, I had to stop myself from going, I can't do this anymore. Even though I had L'Ompresse in the background, um, it was really difficult emotionally. It's, it, yeah, I mean, it's nice to hear because Ultimately, I think in this sport, you know, one thing we want is we want these owners to, to, to love their animals. Even calling it, describing you as an owner, you own these horses. I, all no. of that actually all of a sudden doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. No. David Yates did, chatted with me a year ago and has recently done a piece with me. And I've always said I'm a privileged guardian. 
I, I, I don't see how you can own another being. I, I have three dogs, but I don't own them. I, I, I look after them, but I, it just doesn't sit with me that you can own another being. You know, owning something is a materialistic thing. And, and but, th but there's a line, right? There is, you know, there is a fundamental line in horse racing which, which says, you know, these, these horses are bred to race and there yep. is risk involved with that and we know that and we accept that. And therefore we have to be comfortable as owners, as, as guardians, as you say, with whatever fate does before that horse. And so I, I guess you've never lost that as, as uncomfortable and difficult as, the, 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 as these times you talk of, November the 13th, et cetera, that you found it. Mm. You, you, know, you, are, you are forever aware of the fact that if you're in the sport, you, yeah. are, you are going to be faced with those scenarios. Yeah, the, the, the first horse I lost fatally was, uh, she fell at the last at Vichy about three years ago. And, um, or three and a half years ago, I can't remember exactly. And she was a young horse, three years old. Um, and I found that really, really difficult. <clears throat> and it, it changed changed me in a way for the better, I hope. But the one thing I, that upset me was the thought that did I give her the best possible life that I could have done? And I felt that I didn't, and it really that really hurt me. I'm getting a bit upset now. It really hurt me because, um, you know, it's not just about training and racing. Did she have the freedom in her life? Did she have the equality? of mental and emotional respect. Yes, she had all of that from me, um, but she was at a yard where there was no turnout. So the, the minute that happened, my golden rule came, if you can't turn the horses out after work so that they have freedom every day to make their own choices, then you can't have a horse from me. And now, the one I lost on November the 13th, as much as it hurts, I know the life I gave that horse and I did the best. And she wasn't racing, you know, it was a freak accident in the yard. Um, but I know I, I did the best for that horse and for the life she led, she had a wonderful life. And then I couldn't accept it. I don't like it, but I can accept it. Was she your first homebred? Yeah. Ugh. It was, you know, when I started, you know, with, with the passion of racing sort of 40 years ago, you know, I was like, one day I'm going to have a racehorse. I'm going to work hard and one day I'm going to have a racehorse. And then as that dream started to materialise, I thought one day I'm going to breed from my own broodmare and I'm going to race my own homebred. And she was the first one that I was keeping to do that with. She was just turning three, going really well, just started in pre-training and, um, yeah. And I, I called her Faith, that's her name. So it was really hard. Keep, still keep is. the Faith. Keep the Faith. Uh, her racing name was La Belle Foi, the beautiful Faith in French. And everyone called her Faith. Mm.
So I found that hard. I like the idea that you, you know you sort of introduced this to me. It's something I've never considered. Of you know, in racing, jockeys can always improve, and trainers can improve, and horses improve, and we hope they do. But I, I never really think of owners improving as owners. You know, owners pay the bills and might make the odd decision. But I like the idea that yeah. they you that you know, as you're saying, you can improve as an owner for the care that 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 you afford the horse. Yeah, I think we all can. I think you know, one of the th things. You know, I hope that most people get up in the mornings and and want to be better than they were yesterday as a human being or um, in some way or other, and I don't mean materialistically, you know, and it's something that I've always tried to achieve. I, you know, tomorrow I definitely want to be better than I am today. And um, I think we can all improve in those areas and we want the horses to improve especially in the racing world. Um, and everyone has a part to play. And for me, I, a lot of trainers might, might, you know, I'm in the yards every day all week um, somewhere, and I'm sure trainers <laughs> are dreading the thought of all the owners turning up to, to do it. But, you know, using what time you have to bond with the horse will help that horse mentally and emotionally so much and you will get so much more out of it as well. You're not there just paying bills and to go and have a nice day out, you know, have a purpose about this. This is my, my opinion, my feelings, you know, be involved and, and experience the joy of actually being with your horse because it's immense. Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.